Hey friends, welcome to the rest of the sermon, a weekly podcast where I dive a little deeper into the teachings that I give my congregation each and every week. This past Sunday, we wrapped up our series in Malachi. We, we focused on Malachi chapter 4. Uh, if you haven't heard that message yet, or if you would like to see it or, or listen to it, you can follow the link that is provided in your show notes. What you'll find is that we did something interesting. We walk through the gospel story. Why is this interesting? It's interesting because, again, we're wrapping up Malachi, which is a book from the Old Testament prior to the gospel, right? But it's a book that is leaning into, that's looking into this coming Messiah, when the Lord shall return again. It also leans into just that, this idea of the second coming of the Messiah. So we looked at our responsibility as Christians. We looked at how the message from Malachi is relevant even to us today because we make some of the same mistakes that the children of Israel were making during the days of Malachi. Today, though, for the podcast, instead of digging deeper into those ideas, I encourage you to to listen to the message. Today, I want to dig in a little deeper into what it is exactly that church looks like now. And I I preface it that way on purpose because I believe, and I've stated on on multiple occasions over the last week, week and a half, I believe that for us, at least the second Sunday in March of this year, March of 2020, was the last time that we will do worship in that way in this building uh, ever. And you may think to yourself, Evan, that's a, that's a pretty strong statement. It almost even sounds like hyperbole. And I would say, you know, you're not wrong, but it's a statement I believe that we will not worship like that in that way with that group of people ever again. And here's why I say that. The church has been forced to wrestle with uh, its own... Um, pitfalls, its own speed bumps that it has been observing or falling or uh, yielding to for years over the past three, four months. The church has had to catch up with a society that has grown uh, digitally, that has grown with social medias. And, and not to say that, that all churches have had this struggle. There are many churches that have been live streaming and doing things like that for a while, but it's forced every church to do that. This pandemic has forced all of us to stop and to reconsider what it is that we call church. I know for many there's been a struggle about not being in the physical place. And so we've talked around here about the significance of the church building being just that. It's a building. We wrestle with how in our modern context, in our American society, we have institutionalized church to the point That for many of us, we couldn't fathom church without this physical space, this physical building. And let's talk just for a minute about how that has happened. I think about my own church, my own home church in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, First United Methodist Church. It's where I was baptized. It's where my parents were married. It's where I was married. It's where the funeral for my best friend when I was a, a freshman in high school was held. There are countless memories, Christmas Eve services Uh, confirmation. I mean, the list goes on and on about that sanctuary, that place, and the memories I've had in that building. And so naturally, that building holds significance for me. 
But does it hold significance as the church? Or is it just that, no, that's where those memories are housed? And I would say that distinction is a place where we need to find comfort. We need to find comfort in understanding that, again, if our motto is going to be knowing God is to love all and is to serve others, then the only way that happens is outside of that institutionalized building. In other words, it's not fair for me to assume that my desired, my target audience is just going to walk up to the door and walk in on a Sunday morning. Therefore, I'm going to be able to reach them, right? The reality is that the mission field has never been inside of our building. The mission field has always been outside. And so when I make a claim, when I say that this second Sunday in March of 2020 was the last time that we have worshipped in this physical building in the way that we did then, here's what I'm really saying. What I'm really saying is, as a church, obviously, we've been forced to, to make some decisions and to change what worship even looks like for us in order to be able to provide something that can be consumed on a weekly basis. For us, what that has meant is, uh, I have taken my iPhone, literally, turned it sideways so that it's on, what is that, landscape? And I've live-streamed to Facebook from my phone since that second Sunday in March. Sometimes it's been on the music stand at the perfect height with hymnals stacked up so that it was at the perfect height. Uh, by Easter, we had finally purchased a, 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 an a, um, adapter for a, a tripod that we could put the phone in. It's why on Sunday mornings when the praise band is here, you're still only seeing one person in front of it because we don't have the, the, the logistics yet. We're working on it and we'll probably have it in the next week to be able to, to get wider shots and to Zoom and to do these other things. And I don't mean Zoom as in the software. It's funny that I have to make that distinction, but I mean literally Zoom in. And so church looks different. And as a result of that, what's happened over the last three, four months is that you, the consumer, if you will, uh, if we use that model, you have now gotten used to a new way of doing church. And there's some interesting trends that I've seen, at least for our congregation. So here would be my, uh, my guess as far as what church looks like moving forward. Those families that used to come every Sunday of every year, maybe, uh, maybe 50, maybe 60% of them will continue to do that. But I think the other 50 to 60% or 40%, instead of coming every Sunday, they're going to come every couple Sundays, and they're going to watch online other, other Sundays that they're not here. Those families that came once or twice a month, may not ever come back to the building for a service outside of something very significant, a special service, be it Easter or Christmas or some other holiday or a reason to gather. But they'll be engaged online. And so this leads to kind of this trend that I was talking about. What I've seen as a pastor is that the level of engagement of our congregation has actually gone up in the age of this pandemic. The level of engagement of my congregation has actually risen. We have more people engaged with the message in a given week than we would if we were only doing it 
physically in the building. And here's why. Let's be honest. Sometimes life happens. Sometimes things happen. They come up. Things get in the way. And it's not possible for us to make it at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But now you can pop that message on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe you catch it at 8 o'clock Monday morning. And so the end result is by the time I check midweek, looking at what are the the, the views, what are the um, things of that nature, and, and you can dig into Facebook's algorithm and YouTube's algorithm uh, as well to see the length of the view. So it's not just that a view, once you click on it, it's a view. I can see how many times somebody's watched less than 10 seconds. I can also see how many times somebody's watched for, if it's a 40-minute video, I can see how many times people have watched for 40 minutes. Or in other words, watched the whole thing. And what I found, if you compare that with our attendance realistically, the engagement, again, with this digital media, this digital worship, is actually higher than in-person worship. So what's that mean for churches? What's that mean for you and I? I've been having conversations with leaders here in this church about the importance of continuing doing what it is that we're doing. We have begun talking about uh, returning to in-person worship and making preparations to do that. There are folks that are concerned they don't want to be the first ones back, but they don't want to be the last. There are others who have pointed out, rightfully so, there's no prize in, in coming in first. In this example, we are uh, obviously continuing to monitor trends, monitor uh, reported cases in counties that are right around us here in Kentucky and Midway and, and Woodford County. Uh, and, and so all of those things are going into the decisions of, of how we are determining when we're going to come back and what that's going to look like. We're looking at the end of this month, the last Sunday of this month being the first Sunday that we're back. But I've, I've been very careful to say, but we have to be very intentional. We have to make sure that we don't lose quality of this digital, this online presence that we have. Because again, Church has been forever changed. And so what does that mean for you and I as a Christian? I think what we have experienced through this pandemic, I think uh, a, a message that it's going to be important that we walk away with is a recognition of where the mission field is. For far too long, I would argue, we have been too comfortable in our own sanctuaries. And I'm not saying that you didn't do mission work. You didn't go to Peru or Haiti. Those are two places our church has gone. You didn't uh, do high school missions in, in, in Philadelphia and Nashville and Charleston and Greenville. And, you know, those again are places Louisville. Those are places our church has gone. That's not what I mean. I mean the day to day. I mean, uh, even down to the basics of worship. Every church uh, has a has a targeted demographic, uh, and if it's you know for us it's even down to a service. We have two services. One is a uh, a very traditional service for us, uh, and the other is a more contemporary service. Again, for us, we don't have fog lights or fog machines and lights and all this stuff, but we do praise and worship music, and we have a band. And in the traditional sh- service, we have a, a piano and we sing traditional hymns. And those are geared at specific demographics. And it's not always held true that 
the, the folks in those specific demographics are who come. But that's the way that, you know, that traditionally the church operates. We want to get hip. We want to get uh, more of a younger presence. We, we get a little bit more flashy with our graphics. Maybe we uh, do some ads on Facebook or something else and try to reach out that way. Or maybe we send flyers out or, or we do a, a mailing blitz, right? I mean, this is how churches have responded in the past. But I'm saying, I'm suggesting perhaps, perhaps with the revisiting of the gospel message from this past Sunday, Perhaps we also revisit the idea of what it is that we're called to do. That we're not called to sit and make church as comfortable as we can for any and everybody that will walk in. But instead, church is called to be a reminder of what it is we're called to do. And and, and what it is we're called to do is to go out into the world, to leave those doors changed and bent on changing others. To leave those doors, having heard the message, the good news of the gospel, and determined to share that message with others, which inherently means we are going into the world, not waiting for the world to come to us. So you may wonder, you may think then, Evan, when you say church will never be the same again, will never worship the same way, is that a bad thing? And I would say no. It's not. I would say we have an opportunity, perhaps even a chance at a revival. And I don't mean a revival in, a, in the sense of we're going to throw up a tent in the back and we're going to meet uh, every night for the next two weeks and have traveling preachers come give the message and we're going to do altar calls and see how many people we can come down and get saved. I don't mean that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but what I mean is a chance, an opportunity for revival when church becomes relevant again. When church isn't just something that, well, if you grew up with it, if you had this tradition, then that's what you did and you continue to do it. To where church isn't something where new parents say, well, we need help with teaching our kids what to do and we don't know if we can do it, so we're going to take them to church. No, 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 no. I'm talking about church being relevant. And by relevant, I mean church being involved in a community. Church being involved in a community, aware of what's happening in the community, helping to enact change in the community, helping to provide a moral compass for a community, reaching out into the neighborhoods we exist in, maybe even being intentional about going to the neighborhoods that no one else will, and taking the message of Christ, this good news gospel, to those who need to hear it, who maybe don't hear it often enough. So friends, as we consider what church looks like now and in the days ahead, what church is going to look like as we continue to move forward in this age of a pandemic, let's not lose sight. Let's not lose sight of the lessons that we have learned Let's not lose sight of the voices who are still fighting to be heard. Let's not lose sight of the opportunities that we have and of the calling that God has placed on each and every one of us. May we use this as a reminder, a revival of the ancient call that says, you are called to go and make 
disciples. And what are disciples? Put simply, disciples are those who are striving, seeking, following Christ in everything that they do. And what does that look like? It means loving all and serving others. Friends, this isn't hard. Thankfully for me, at least, maybe for you as well, it's not rocket science. It's certainly not the easiest thing in the world to do. But what makes it uneasy, what makes it difficult, is not uh, the, the level of, of, of interaction it takes from me. It's about my willingness to be vulnerable. It's about my willingness to interact, to reach out, to connect with someone else who's not like me. It's about my willingness to to get outside of my bubble, my safety zone, and say, God, lead me where you will. In this age, Lord, help us, help us heed your call. Help us to take part in this revival. Help us redefine what church is and what church will continue to be. Friends, thank you for joining me once again for the rest of the sermon. We are going to continue uh, to uh, discuss, dig a little deeper into uh, the messages that I share on Sunday, but we're also going to spend some time in the coming weeks continuing to dive into some of these social issues uh, that continue to run rampant in our news feeds. Uh, So just prepare. Get ready. The gospel that we talk about is a social gospel. The gospel calls us to action. It doesn't let us just sit by and watch and be spectators. We're, we're called to get involved and to be a part of change. We're called to love God. We're called to do justice, to, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. So we're going to work on doing that over the next few weeks as well. We're starting a new series here at church. I've been giving hints uh, about what book that might be, so I hope you'll join us next week. As always, if you have any feedback, you can reach me at therestofthesermon at gmail.com. Again, that's therestofthesermon at gmail.com. Until we do this again, take care of yourselves, take care of your neighbors, wash your hands, Wear your mask, and God bless.